Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for February 28th, 2022. I'm fresh off of my anniversary weekend. I had a great time with my amazing wife. I celebrate my marriage. I trust that you do as well. You know, so I know we're all busy and we have all of these things on our calendars and we make time for everything else. We need to make time for our own spouse and we, we need to make time to celebrate the love that we have one for another. So I thank God for Isabella and I thank God for you. For those of you that are married, I speak blessings over your marriages. For those of you that are not married or not married yet, I pray for, that the Father will connect you to the right person at the right time. So in this series, I, all year I've been teaching on intentional progress. And right now we're just a few weeks away from Resurrection Sunday morning, Easter Sunday. So I'm teaching on the road to the resurrection. I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to say to you. As I've been meditating on this word, actually, I was meditating on the word yesterday when I was on the plane coming back uh, from Florida. As I was meditating on the word yesterday, last night, and this morning, I sense uh, a level of weight associated with this word. Like this is a heavy word, heavy in a good way. And so as I communicate this word, I want you to open up your heart to receive so it could be a blessing to you. This is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, part 34, and the road to the resurrection part five. Once again, I'm teaching all year on these steps. Well, I mean, for months anyway, I'm still on step number one. I'm going to be able to go through all of these as, as the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me. And I believe that these will be a blessing to you. But as I'm dealing with the road to the resurrection, let's get into it. So we looked at in this series already, John five, John six, John eight, John 12, John 14 through 17. And then we cross over into John chapter 18. I'm going chunk by chunk through John chapter 18 as Jesus is progressing, knowing that he is eventually, he's getting to the point where he's about to die. We can learn a lot from this. So this is John, I'm going to cover today, John chapter 18, verses 29 through 37. So I'm going to summarize this passage, and then we'll get into some things, some nuggets that we can learn from this passage. So uh, in the last passage, in our last message, we saw how Annas and Caiaphas, the two high priests, they questioned Jesus all night long, and their efforts proved fruitless. They could not prove that Jesus did anything wrong. You know why? Because Jesus didn't do anything wrong. But despite their lack of evidence, they still took Jesus to the Roman governor's house early in the morning on some trumped-up charges, and they wanted the Roman governor to do something about it. And so after Pilate came out to meet Jesus, he asked the, the Jews, hey, so what is your charge against this man? And just like I've been telling you, they couldn't provide an honest answer because there was no actual charge. And so, so they said, this is what the Bible says, that they said, well, Pilate's like, what's your charge? And they said, we wouldn't have handed, handed him over to you if he were not a criminal. Now think about that. He said, well, what did he do wrong? Well, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be here if he wasn't a criminal. Once again, that's not really saying nothing. So Pilate, he was like, nah, that, that doesn't sit right with me. So he replied, well, if that's the case, then take him away and, and deal with him according to your own law. 
But Pilate wasn't understanding the level of hate that these people have for Jesus. So Pilate was like, listen, you don't woke me up early in the morning. If you guys are, are convinced that he's a criminal, then deal with him according to your own law. But then they responded. And when they responded, I think Pilate was like, whoa, I didn't know it was on that level. Right? And so they said, well, only Romans are permitted to execute someone. And then Pilate was like, whoa, this is a whole nother level. So you want to kill this man? So, so he's now taken aback. And so he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what you said? That, well, you're the only one authorized to have somebody executed. And so now Pilate is like, wait a minute, this, this is a whole nother level of hatred. And this is a whole nother level of accusation. So Pilate says, okay, well, let me have a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. Let me talk to the man myself. And so he pulls Jesus aside, says, I want to talk to him myself. If you want me to have this man executed, I need to know what's going on. So Pilate takes Jesus and pulls him off to the side. And Pilate asks Jesus, well, are you the king of the Jews? Now, remember, Jesus only said those things he heard the father say. He only did those things he saw the father do. So Jesus was always led of the father to say whatever he said. So instead of answering the question, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus responded with a question of his own. So he, he turned around and he says, well, Jesus, this is the type of wisdom I'm, I'm going to talk about that we can, we can flow in. So they had, Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, is this your question? Or did the others tell you about me? <laughs> so it's like, whoa. It's like, so, so then Pilate was like, listen, I'm not a Jew. I mean, why are, you, why are you worried about me and them? Listen, I'm not a Jew. I'm a Roman. And so, so he goes back. Pilate is like, you, your own people. And their leading priests, both of them, both leading priests, the two high priests, brought you here for a trial. I want to know why. What have you done? Like, can you tell me? But Jesus, once again, led by the Holy Spirit, never incriminated himself, right? So Jesus responded, and Pilate was like, tell me what you have done. And Jesus responded, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. You're asking me if I'm the king of the Jews. My kingdom is not of this world. It's not an earthly kingdom. If it were, then my followers would have kept me from being handed over to the Jews. I mean, I got people too. If my if my kingdom was an earthly kingdom, then I would have had soldiers to make sure that I would not be arrested. But my kingdom is not of this world. So Pilate keys in on the fact, oh, oh, oh okay. So, so you're talking about a kingdom. So that means that you're a king. Well, once again, Jesus never claimed to be anything. He only said, those things he was led of the Father to say. So Jesus said, when he's like, well, that means that you're a king, right? Jesus said, you say I'm a king. <laughs> I love it. I lo Look at the level of wisdom. Jesus said, well, that's what you said. I didn't say that. That's what you say. He said, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth will recognize that what I am saying is true. Now, as you can see, Pilate was not getting anywhere with Jesus. Pilate was like, man, this is frustrating. I'm trying to ask this man some straightforward questions. He's answering me like Yoda. You know what I'm saying? Like he's giving me Jedi mind tricks. I can't get a straight answer out of this man. He's answering, but he's answering in a way that he's not incriminating himself. And he's answering in a way that he's not telling me what I really want. And so that's it. We're going to stop there in the story and we'll pick it up from there tomorrow. So what does this mean for you today? Actually, that little snippet of the story, there's a lot of wisdom in that. So I have three things to share with you on this Monday morning. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. I have three things to share with you. Number one, you ready? 
Here we go. Here we go. This is where we get into the message. Number one, the enemy will attempt to twist the truth against you. See, we all know that Satan is wicked. So to give you a visual of what I mean by wicked, uh, let's talk about the word wicked for a minute. Wicker furniture is made of twisted wood. And you've probably seen wicker furniture before, right? So you could picture the twist in the furniture as the, the wood is all twisted up and is shaped to make furniture, that's twisted wood. So it's called wicker furniture, wicker. So that gives us an, uh, an image of what Satan does with the truth. He twists the truth against you. He, he, this is how Jesus was convicted on some trumped up charges. This is how Jesus was brought from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night without any eyewitnesses, without any actual charges, they were bringing him to have him executed. The Jewish leaders never gave an actual charge to Pilate. What they were doing was they were twisting the truth. They, and that's how it is with, with the enemy against you. Pilate attempted to question Jesus himself, but honestly, Pilate was like, I can't find this man guilty of anything. Like he's not answering, he's not giving me the answers that you want him to give me. And, and I just don't see it. You guys haven't told me anything. He was the only sinless man. Think about that for a minute. Jesus, the only sinless man to ever live, was taken from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night. Then he was brought before a Roman governor. Then later, we're going to see that he was sentenced to death without any actual charges and without any eyewitnesses and without ever doing anything wrong. But, but the good news is that Jesus allowed it. Jesus permitted it. Jesus was only convicted because he let it happen. Why? Because it was part of his purpose. So while Satan is wicked and he is twisted and he will seek to, to twist the truth against you, the father will never allow the lies of the enemy to triumph over you. There's a level of a hedge of protection that the father can give you. No weapon. Look at me. No weapon. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but on this Monday morning, I want you to know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's Isaiah 54 and 17. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn and the Lord shall condemn. Now you may say, well, hold on for a minute, Rick. It seemed like the weapons of the two high priests in the text against Jesus were prospering. Wait a minute, Rick. It seems like the weapons against Jesus were prospering. Well, well not really. Not really. Let me explain. God allowed the weapons that were formed against Jesus to move forward, but, but that's only because the attacks were actually propelling Jesus into his destiny. So let me explain it this way. Therefore, I say to you, watch this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, if there is a weapon that has been formed against you and it looks like it's working, it looks like it's prospering, then the Bible can't be true. Um, the Bible can't be a lie. So if the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper and the weapon looks like it's working, then it's not against you. Let me say that again. If the weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So if the attack of the enemy looks like it's working, then that attack is not against you. In the end, it's going to work out for your good. The reason why this thing looked like it was moving forward is because it was actually propelling Jesus into his destiny. So if there is something that, that somebody said against you, that's a lie. Somebody, something, there's an attack against you that you know is false, but it looks like it's working. 
then it's not against you. If it were against you, it would not prosper. If it's prospering, then it's not against you. Either way, it's going to work out for your good. The wicked attacks of the enemy, especially those that are made in the dark, will eventually come to the light. And in the end, watch this, God will take what the enemy has meant for your evil and he will turn it around for your good. That's what he did for Joseph. And that's what he would do for you. That's what he did for David. And that's what he would do for you. That's what he did for Jesus. And that's what he will do for you. So you will be light on. If you're a believer, you love God, you walk with God, you walk in integrity, you will be lied on, you will be talked about, people will have your name in their mouth, you will be attacked, you will be mistreated, but by the grace of God, none of those attacks will be able to stop you. Every attempt of slander, every attempted defamation of character, every attack against your good name will fall short just as long as you maintain your position in Christ Jesus. As you are walking with God, he will not always stop the attacks. Look at me. I want to be clear about this. As you are walking with God, God will not always stop stop the attackers. God is going to allow some of this stuff to move forward because it's not working against you. It's pushing you into your destiny. It's propelling you into your purpose. So yes, there are times where God will not stop the attack. There are times where God will not stop the attackers. But what what he will do, is stop their effectiveness against you. The attacks will come. Attackers will raise their little ugly heads against you. But in the end, God's purpose is stronger than their poison. So I want you to rest easy this morning. On this Monday morning, I want you to know that the attacks may come. The attackers may raise their ugly heads. And when they do, you should get excited. Your, your assignment is so big that the enemy is attacking you. Your assignment is so big that you are drawing uncommon attention from the enemy. This means that the impact that you are called to make in this world is exceptional and extraordinary. This means that you are God's anointed. God chose you to do something so special, so big, so anointed that you are drawing uncommon attention from the enemy and just know that if once either God will stop the attack or if the attack is moving forward, that is not against you, is going to work out for your good. Number two, the father will give you what to say in every situation. I love this. I love the way I was emphasizing how Jesus answered in every situation. The father will give you what to say, how to say it. Even though Jesus was illegally arrested, even though Jesus was falsely accused, he did not get upset. He did not get in his feelings. He did not get in his emotions. He carefully and prayerfully responded as the father gave him the words to say. And you could do the same thing. See, if you allow yourself to get emotional, if you allow yourself to get upset, if you allow yourself today, like people say today, to get in your feelings, then yeah, you're going to say the wrong thing. Why? Because you're not going to be led of the spirit. But if you maintain your peace, if you keep your composure, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, even while people are lying about you in your face and you're looking at them, but you're praying on the inside, you maintain your composure. And you're like, Lord, give me the words. (laughs) Your father, give me the word. I need to hear from you. He will give you the words to say, and he will tell you how even to say it. In Matthew 10, I'm going to give you an example of this. 
In Matthew 10, Jesus sent out a group. Prior to Matthew 10, Jesus was the one doing all the miracles. Prior to Matthew 10, the crowds were coming to watch Jesus perform as the miracle worker. Prior to Matthew 10, the power of God was only manifested through Jesus. In Matthew 10, Jesus sends out a group, a, a group of disciples. He says, I want you to go out now. You guys go lay hands on the sick. You guys go raise the dead. You guys go lay hands on lepers. Watch this. And when you go, you can't take any money with you. You're going to have to believe me for everything. If you can't believe me for a dollar, then you won't, you won't be able to believe me for demons. And so I need you to go out. He says, he sends them out. And in the text, in the passage, in uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verses 17 through 20, this is what the Bible says. While he's talking to them about going out, he says, now be careful. There are people who will arrest you and take you to be judged. They will whip you in their synagogues. You will be taken to stand before governors and kings. People will do this to you because you follow me. You will tell, you will talk about me to the kings and the governors and the non-Jewish people. And when you're arrested, oh my God, Jesus said, when you get arrested and you get brought before governors and kings, when you get arrested, don't worry about what you should say. Don't worry about how you should say it. At that time, you will be given the words to say. It's not really you that will be speaking, but the spirit of the father will be speaking through you. Glory to God. He says, listen, in that moment when the pressure is on, in that moment when you get called to the carpet, in that moment when the spotlight is on you, you don't even have to worry about what to say. You don't even have to worry about how to say it. He says, at that time, in that moment, my father will speak to, through you. It will be the spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. The Holy Holy Spirit will even tell you how to say it. So when you walk with God, you got to maintain your peace. When you maintain your peace and you allow the peace of God to fill your heart and the Holy Spirit to be your God, he will give you the words. He will perform the work in, with, and through you. No matter the situation that you find yourself in this morning, this Monday morning, you will, listen, you can walk today, tomorrow, the next day. You will always have an answer. Why? Because you always have wisdom from above. You have access to wisdom that exceeds your education and experience. You have access to wisdom that is not from this world. You can get a, a download from heaven in a moment and you will have an idea, an answer, a word in every season. If you ever find yourself in a bind and the pressure is on you to perform or to respond or to speak and you don't know what to say, take a moment to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray and listen to the Holy Spirit. As he did with Jesus, the Holy Spirit will give you the words and he will perform the work. And the Holy Spirit will always give you wisdom that is perfect in every moment. I want you to think about Jesus, the son of God, who came as the son of man so that the sons of men can become the sons of God. Listen, this same Jesus, he always knew what to say. This same Jesus, he was never flustered. He was never frustrated. He was never stumped by any situation. He was never dumbfounded. He was never at a loss for words. Jesus was never overwhelmed. He, why? He had, a, he had grace for every situation. And I'm saying Jesus is not just an example for you. Jesus is an example of you. Like Jesus, you have the same Holy Spirit. Like Jesus, you have, you have access to this wisdom from above. So when you think of Jesus, I want you to think of yourself. When you consider Jesus in the text, I want you to consider yourself. God is on you, in you, with you, and for you. You are never without help 
Therefore, you are never without hope. You are not hopeless. You are never overwhelmed. You are never without words. You are never without wisdom. There, no matter the situation, no matter the pressure, no matter the level of opposition, no matter the level of supposed pain, God is living on the inside of you. He will give you the words and he will perform the work and his wisdom is perfect. He will give you revelation that exceeds your education. So never fear. Perfect wisdom is available to you today and every day. Say amen to that. Glory to God. Number three, and finally, oh, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Number three, and finally, last point for today. You have the grace to maintain your peace during extremely challenging circumstances. You can maintain your peace. My mantra is the grace life. I talk about the grace life every day. I keep teaching and preaching the grace of God. Why? Because it has changed everything in my life. There's two aspects of, of God's grace that I teach on. One, there's a grace where you don't do. And two, there's a grace to do. So one, there's a grace where I do nothing and the unmerited favor of God blesses me in ways that I do not deserve. And two, there's a grace for me to do. So that, that's, that number two is God's super on my natural, empowering me to do what I could not do without God. So one of the things that I want to note in our passage is that Jesus... Although he was dragged from mock trial to mock trial, although he was stood before the governor, later we're going to see, although he was beaten and bruised and all of that for you and for me, he was never flustered. He, he, he was never frustrated. He never lost his peace. The Hebrew word for peace uh, is shalom. This word shalom, one of the definitions is nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. I'm saying even though Jesus was facing all sorts of earthly pressure, he was complete. He was intact. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. He had peace on the inside. As I was meditating on this point uh, last night and this morning, the father gave me a series of questions to ask you on this Monday morning. I'm going to give you these questions as I close. These are a series of questions. So whenever you face a major situation, whenever you're facing pressure of any kind, you should ask yourself these questions. Here are the questions. You ready? Here are the questions. Well, I'm facing something. Okay, what has changed? What remains the same? Although there are things that are happening to me and around me, have these things actually changed anything of significance? Does God still love me? Does God still have plans for me? Is God still with me? So as you consider these questions and you say to yourself, you could say you. I'm just going to say it, but you, could, you, you set your faith in agreement. You can say to yourself, listen, hey, self, if God is still God, if God is still on the throne, if he still has plans for me, if he will never give up on me, then what do I have to stress over? I should not allow anything to rob me of my peace. I have peace, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. God is still on me. God is still with me. God is still for me. His plans are still good. His, his, his spirit is still moving. The attacks of the enemy are still going to fail. If it looks like it's winning, then it's not against me. Oh, glory to God. I am in you and I am entering into your rest. Nothing can stop me. I'm learning from Jesus. And as Jesus is, so am I in this world. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Prophesy to yourself. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about the amazing life of Jesus. Jesus was illegally detained, falsely accused, 
violently assaulted, endlessly questioned, but he never once allowed his emotions to get the best of him. He never lost his peace. Jesus remained calm. He held his tongue and he only spoke whatever you gave him to say. I learned from Jesus. I know I have a real enemy and he will come up against me in real ways. The enemy will twist words. He will twist the truth and he will twist situations, but he will never get me to step out of my peace or to step out of your love. So I declare that I will be just like Jesus. I maintain my peace. I remain in divine love. I hold my tongue. And I only say what you tell me to say. That way, I will never be ensnared by my own words. Like Jesus, I will face challenges on the road to fulfilling my destiny. And like Jesus, I will come out on top every time because of your amazing grace. The enemy may attack me, but I shall not be moved. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. But this word right here, there's so much meat in this word. This is a word you might need to listen to again. Get this down in your spirit. You got peace on the inside. You don't have to be moved. You don't have to be shaken. You don't have to say stuff that you don't need to say and then regret it later. You can hold your tongue. You can maintain your peace. You can be at peace on the inside, no matter what's happening on the outside. And you can speak the word only. Speak only what the Holy Spirit leads you to speak. Never allow your feelings to get you out of your faith. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Uh, I want you to do me a favor. Go into the chat. If this message was a blessing, go into the chat and leave me some comments in the chat. And then number two, share this message. This is something people need to see uh, and hear and understand. So share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.